Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Board Game Barbarians. I am your host, Andrew, and with me is my barbarian brother, Justin. <gasps> that's him. That, that was my um. That was my barbarian noise. That's a barbarian. That's it's, it's not wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is going to be a, a new board game centric podcast, just talking about the different kinds of board games that we're interested in and that we're playing. Um, and kind of go in a little bit of depth uh, behind the games themselves as well to give an idea of kind of where they came from and uh, what they're all about. Oh, I don't I don't play board games. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's a problem, isn't it? I know for a fact that's the truth. <laughs> I do. I feel like we should mention, because you can't hear it, um, this first episode will not sound as nice as subsequent episodes. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll, we'll see yeah. how it goes. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll just, we'll kind of start, get right into it. We'll talk about kind of what I've been dealing with or, or working with lately. Um, I just recently got the Batman Gotham City Chronicles board game. Um, and super, super excited about it. Played time, it a couple times with you. Yeah. You've played it with me a couple times, once with your wife. Is that all you've played is like two, three times? Uh, I played it two, three times with you. Once with my wife, I played it by myself once. Sam. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, Sam. I had to learn the rules. <laughs> I know. That's set, set it up. I've learned that's the only way I can learn rules is if I I actually like sit down and play all sides by myself. But yeah, no, that's the that's how I did it as well. Obviously played it wrong the first time that we played it. Right, as you do. And uh played it semi wrong whenever I played it by myself, but learned from it. Um but yeah, and then I organized Batman for the first time ever, got me some tackle boxes. Some planos. Well, no, you didn't get planos. You got the Walmart brand plano boxes, which are called flambeau, flambeau, flambeau. I I got planos later, and that's what I'm using now. Yeah, which one's 3600s? The little blue snappies? Uh, No, I actually got like the little, the thin ones. I don't, I think, I don't know, the 2700s. But yeah, this is the first game that I ever organized into a not the box which is which is so weird to me i i've well, that's because you organize everything i do i if like if it, i i organize my games uh uh obsessively i i'll organize a game and then two weeks later i'll be sitting there like in the shower or whatever and i'll be like oh i've got a better idea on how to fit those cards in there and i'll have to like <laughs> run upstairs and do, you know like do it real quick like doc brown hitting his head in the bathroom except, except instead of time machine stuff it's just how to put my root pieces in the box better well you still scream marty whenever you uh, marty it's your games marty (laughs) we need to organize it better um i also got onitama uh, which is a nice little strategy board game that justin introduced me to um and pretty cheap it's like 20 bucks on amazon i think yeah have you you me you and i played it on tabletop simulator a couple times and then yeah. um, once, maybe twice in person. On, we played on, it live. Yeah, live. In your house. In IRL. And uh, uh, then that was enough to convince you. That's all it took. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I really liked it. It's a cheap game. Um, it's fun. It's quick. It's easy to set up, easy to take down. doesn't take 30 yeah. minutes to I, do. I like it. I, I like um, what I like about Onitama is that it's, it's a two-player abstract that plays in about 20 minutes, including setup time, which is a lot, and honestly pay, plays in like 22 minutes if you include rules explanation. It's so easy to learn. Yeah. Um, but I like that it's all revealed information. Well, even, yeah, I mean, it's so easy that it's like, yeah, this is your card. You've got two cards. That's where you can move whichever guy you want to move, and that's it. And try to get from here to here or kill my king. Yeah. 
and like um, uh, well i mean a lot of these games is is like i like having non-reveal information but sometimes it's it's that chess thing of like i know everything my opponent can do and and if i mess up it's because i messed up not because they drew a good card or whatever you know right um which is at the same time fun and infuriating because you're like oh well it turns out i just have no spatial awareness and i'm dumb so i just <laughs> lost this game <laughs> that's what happened with because uh, i played it i got it and forced my wife to play it which she liked yeah um after we played it yeah but uh she, <laughs> she i did like being thing. done playing it it's when it's <laughs> yeah once we were finishing she won because yeah. i did the thing where i like was like i got one more move and then i'll be oh I'm, i lost yeah i do it's it is one of those games that we've learned that if you play with the kind of people that constantly take moves back because they've saw they saw something as soon as they move their piece you're gonna have a bad time because 90 99% of the time when you make a bad move you make it and you immediately go oh geez okay well yeah yeah <laughs> well, that's not nah. over guess i lose now it's over congratulations now. to you god um, other game that we played that I went ahead and bought because I figured my dad would like it and it'd be a game that I could actually play with him. copying my board game collection? Yep. Uh, it's Memoir 44. Mm -hmm. It popped up on Amazon for 50 bucks. Yep. Uh, but it's the uh, English, like European English edition. Oh, so they spell so, color with a U? Yep. It's coming uh, <laughs> coming straight from England. Excellent. I liked uh, I've only played, I played that by myself. And then I played that with you. I've only done one scenario so far. I'm dying to play more, but uh, it's it's uh, I just haven't had the time. I actually played it uh, a couple years ago uh, with another friend, mm -hmm. and before I got into purchasing board games, and was like that was fun. Yeah, it's a good but... and I like it a lot. I like I'm <laughs> I think I'm just like. Uh, uh, you know, like, there's a time in every man's life when he reaches an age where he's interested in historical in war gaming. World War Two, And you, you just, yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm hitting that age where I'm, like, really interested in these things, but I'm not, like, at full-on painting tiny submarines and spending months reenacting, like, <laughs> and specific... building an actual submarine in your backyard. Yeah, so it, it scratches that, that like, oh, man, let's, I, I'd kind of like to do something kind of historical. It scratches that itch, but at the same time, plays in 90 minutes and is easy to learn. Like, I mean, I I literally taught you the game. I said, will you play these cards? And then I handed you a reference sheet, and just yeah. <laughs> we just kind of went. Yeah, it's a, it's an easy game to pick up um, yeah. if, if you haven't gathered it by now memoir 44 is a world war ii based strategy game yeah um i really want to get that the overlord expansion that lets you put two together and have like teams but i don't know that i'd then ever we'd have to get more people yeah eight people in a room <laughs> that's like okay listen we're gonna play this historical war no come back wait no <laughs> but yeah all the scenarios are based on actual uh actual historical events like the beaches of normandy mm -hmm. um that's all that i can think of at the moment invasion of the, of the clowns <laughs> Huh? Invasion Browns? of the Clowns. No, Clowns. The Invasion of Browns. The Clowns. The Texas Burger Restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific. I always pronounced it Brahms. I know. You I say pronounce Browns? It Brown. I pronounce it Browns as a joke. It's oh, Brahms. Okay. Thank yeah, you for validating my <laughs> <laughs> um, I also have been looking into uh, a gaming table. Oh, no. Which is the most ridiculous mm. thing that you can look into for yeah. not having the money for it. Or really, the space. Your dining room's pretty small. This would be for after, like, roommates move out. Oh, okay. You want to set up, like, a gaming room. Yeah. So I was looking at just, like, like a 4x4 four four that could fit most games, but they're still, like, 
cheapest I can find is like 700, 600 bucks. I mean, what I did is I wanted a gaming table, but instead I needed a new dining table. So I just bought a really nice giant dining yeah. table and I used that. And I, it was easier for me to justify the cost because I, my, I eat my food off of it as well. It's multifunction. <laughs> it's a food table and a gaming table. What what really needs to happen is IKEA needs to get into the gaming game. I know. Just I release know. some uh, gaming tables, gaming couches. They have name it though. That's what they're hung up on. Their R and D is like we don't know what to call it. We know what gaming is. Fill up the flip table. We don't know. We don't know what to say. We <laughs> flip table. Yeah, you know, like it flips out. Imagine like one of those oh, convertible. Like somebody just gets angry and flips the entire <laughs> table. Um, yeah, it's gaming tables are, I mean, really look at a good topper, you know, I was looking at that, but there's still like four or 500 bucks for, yeah, I was, I found, I found one that, um, it was a DIY guy built one and it cost him like 150 bucks. If you include tools, it's maybe 200, I'm pretty sure we watched that video. It was the dude that put the TV in it. Um, I think he did have a spot for a TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's not too bad to build one. Honestly. I mean, I mean. Others talking about building one, and um, if he gets that going, I may yeah make make him do that, his either pay him to build me one as well and pay for the the supplies yeah. or come down there and help him occasionally for some brotherly bonding yeah over some gaming tables. Um, but yeah, that's what that's what I have just been uh, at work looking at gaming tables constantly. <laughs> so so that's like what you're stuck on right now. Kind of. I mean, I'm not, I'm never going to have the, I'm never going to have the excess money to justify buying one. I mean, if you stopped buying board games, you would. Oh, that's true. I could stop buying board games for eight years. It costs like 10 (laughs) board games. And I think you've probably bought 10 board games in the last like four or five months. That is true. It costs $1,000 board games, (laughs) but then I would have less board games. And then what's the point of the table? I know this is my dilemma. The trick is to buy both on credit and mortgage your house. Oh, okay. that's what you do. But then, where will you play at when you lose your house? See, it just comes full circle. You could still take the table into the streets. Excellent. Excellent. You can sleep under it for shelter. Yep. Eat your food off of it. Mm-hmm. Play your games in it. Don't know why I'm saying it like this. <laughs> just excited about the possibilities. Uh, I've I've uh, done things. I've done some things. I I did oh, yeah. I I. I know I was just going on about two-player abstracts with revealed information, but I bought The Duke, which is a two-player abstract with uh, non-revealed Duke. information. You finally bought The Duke. I bought The Duke, the Lord's Edition that includes uh, the King Arthur expansion. Yeah, we were at a we were at a board game shop a couple weeks ago, and you <laughs> yeah. kept looking. You were eyeing it the entire time, yeah. and you're like, "No, I don't want it." I don't. I don't need it. Um, this game. And then, like three days later, you're like, "I bought the Duke." I couldn't quit thinking about it. I was. <laughs> I was obsessed, and I found it in the Metroplex. Um, at a, a really great. Uh, it's it's as many game stores as there are in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So many of them are just really bad. Like, I, like what? Like define bad. Like uh, one overcharging, which I kind of let that slide because I know it's it's a rough market being in the game and comic store business. So I kind of let that slide a little bit. I usually tell myself that I'll, I will pay up to 20% more than internet internet prices to support a store I like. That's my yeah. general rule of thumb. If it's like 30, 40, 50% markup, hey, I'm sorry, I want to give you my money, but I also would like to eat and wear clothes and pay my bills. 
Um, but then we also we go to board game shops like the one that we went for our board game day, and everything is like internet priced. <laughs> yeah, well, no, yeah, that's everything what I'm saying. And nicely I'll, priced. I'll even pay a little bit more. Like, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't mind paying six, seven, eight, nine, ten bucks more for a fifty dollar I mean, game. That's uh, usually because I've got two board game shops here in town, and that's what I'll do. Is I try to check there before I purchase it online. Um, my other one is stores that are not run like stores. Um, stores that overprice their merchandise, they let it sit on shelves for months and months and months and months. Um, the store near me, uh, the closest store to me, is the worst about this. All their stuff is just covered in dust because they're charging like launch MSRP for everything. They uh, they always I've had them quote unquote order things for me at least three different times, and each time they never contacted me about it at all. Uh, and the final time, before I finally decide I'm not going to go here anymore, you guys are, are, are upcharging 40 and 50%. Nothing ever moves off your shelves. You act like you're sitting on a gold mine and we're having to like pull it out of you. And uh, the final thing, I had gone in there and I traded some stuff in and got store credit. And I said, hey, I want this thing, but I want it in this color. And they go, it doesn't come in that color. And I go, it does too. And they go, no, no. And I go, Yeah. Go to the manufacturer's website and they look it up and they go, oh, I guess they started making it in that color. And I go, no, they've always made it in that color. Uh, but okay, I'll accept your, you know, the fact that you're not going to have an uh, actual discussion with me. And I go, can you get me one? And they're like, oh yeah, for sure. We'll order it. It'll be here in a couple days. And I waited three weeks and I called them once each week saying, hey, you know, I had a thing on order and I had some store credit. Uh, if, if it wasn't for the fact that I had store credit, I would have let it go. I was like, hey, I've got a thing on order. I've got store credit. And each time the guy went, when it comes you, in, we'll call you. Don't you worry. You. And uh, they, they never did. So I went in there and I spent the store credit on something else. And I swore Punched off that right game in, store. In the face. Just, just, I mean, I, I get it. It's, it's rough to run a game store. You can't pay employees a lot. So it's hard to find good employees. You want to, you know, you buy things at a high price and then you want to sell them for that price. And then the market shifts. I understand it's hard. Yeah, um, I th I think it's just weird stores that don't even try to compete with online where that is their competition. Yeah, yeah. like I, there's a place here in town that started doing like a, just like a, a percentage off of their stuff depending on how much you buy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, if you buy, uh, you know, first fifty dollars you spend and it stacks. So it's like first fifty dollars you spend, uh, anything you buy after that is ten percent off. And then the next like fifty dollars you spend, everything after that is like fifteen or twenty percent yeah. off. And I think it caps at like thirty five. Yeah. And it, once you get to thirty five, you don't have to keep buying board. I mean, right, which is a great system. And I mean, not every store has the capacity to do that, but just anything, you know. I don't. I yeah. And I, I'm not even saying they need to compete with Amazon because I don't like buying my board games off Amazons. I want uh, uh, the Amazons. I just said the uh, off of Amazon. <laughs> the forest. <laughs> um. Yeah, from the Amazon rainforest where I get all my board games freshly picked. <laughs> Um, no, all Jumanji. But I, they, I mean, even just competing with online board game stores, like I try to buy when I buy board games, I try to buy from stores that sell online. Um, if that's my option for whatever it is, because I can't find it or it's overpriced near me, I try to buy yeah. from stores that have a physical game store location, or that is a specific board game store. Right, and and so I know that I'm supporting someone's local game store, even if it's not mine. I'm supporting the local right. game store economy. And uh, stores around here just don't even want to com 
compete with that? I'm like, these are other game stores. Like, they, they run a physical location like you do. Anyway, long story short, there is one game <laughs> store that I hadn't been to in years, and I remember it was the first place I went to buy a D&D mini for me to paint. First one I ever painted. And I remember when I went in there, the dude was really nice, which back in the late 90s, early 2000s, game store employees were never nice. And it wasn't a game store. It was a comic store. And they were always rude. And uh, I went in there and I, I remember being a kid and going in there timid, as I always did in these comic stores. And he was just super nice. And I went in there to buy the Duke. And he was su- like, I called him to see if he had it. And he's like, no, nah, man, I don't got it. You know, I had it for a long time. And uh, I'm, I must guy. Yeah, it's the same guy <laughs> when I'm calling him driving there because I was like, surely they've got it. And he goes, uh, I don't have it. I just saw him. I got another thing like it. And he talks to me for a minute. I'm like, yeah, I'm really looking for the Duke. And he goes, well, if I get it in, I'll call, I'll call you back at this number. And then he calls me back a few minutes later and I don't answer. He leaves me a voicemail and he's like, I kept digging and I found it. And I showed up. <laughs> I showed up and I was he was just real nice. And I was like, hey, I'm also looking for Conan stuff, that monolith Conan game. And he goes, I don't have anything, but let me sit down with you and show you the manufacturer's, uh, my distribution website, so that we can both look at together what the status of each thing is. So he's like, yeah, these expansions, you're never going to get them. This one, you may get it. I'll text you if I get it in. And it was just, he was just so nice and helpful and kind. Um, That's (laughs) I've never been to a game store where the dude was just that helpful. You know, I'm used to going to game, game stores and I'm like, hey, do you have this? And they're like, no. Go away. Go away. You're not nerdy enough to be here. <laughs> I just, I imagine you leave that game store and then, like, right when the door shuts, the lights start dimming and, like, just a, a demon comes up behind him and goes, You'll never have friends, Charles. <laughs> You'll never have I friends. I was thinking you're going to do a thing where I, like, go to go back and there's some, like, dude out front. And I'm like, Hey, where's that game store? And he's like, That shut down 40 years ago. You know, like, it was a ghost. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, I guess I'm and saying. Then your copy of the Duke just. <laughs> disappears into the ether yeah i'm saying nice things i guess i should name the store it's, it's a, a, a y2k comics in fort worth if you're ever in the fort worth area it's hands down it's just i'm i'm sure he doesn't want the publicity i definitely not just He's the dude like, is oh, just i'm not nice I'm super mean so nice Ooh. so that's my extremely long story about uh me buying the duke yeah jesus sorry sorry <laughs> sorry i also um painted every talisman miniature that i owned Yep. Uh, took me about a week. I think it was 27 or 29 miniatures. Painted them all, based them all, and then shoved them all back in the box, never to see the light of day again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even... Tr- I, I spent all this time painting them, and I wasn't even nice. I was just like... <laughs> just jammed them all. You took a picture and then immediately put them in the incinerator. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, so they're all just crammed in a plano. Um, and that was... Uh, I was What I was trying to do is I'm I'm trying to not paint Conan and uh, I was like I don't like painting it's a chore but I love having painted miniatures I'll, I'll paint my talisman minis and get in the groove and I painted them all and I was like I still feel like painting Conan I want it to be painted so bad but I don't want to put in the labor <laughs> have a painting party yeah invite all your friends that don't know how to paint I'm minis. sure that'd be great this one's blue that's Conan <laughs> yeah he's blue Conan he's blue man group blue no. man group Conan <laughs> uh, and I did finally uh, open, organize, and begin learning uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shadows of the Past, which is a game you and a friend got me for Christmas or my birthday or something like three or four cool. years was, ago. We bought it like when it was still like $150. Thing. So yeah. we did like, it was like $150, $200. So we did it as like a dual present for birthday and Christmas from each of us. And then like two days ago, or like a week or two ago, I saw it on the shelf for like 40 bucks, And I was like, well, pay too much for that game, I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah. Could have waited four years and then bought it. Yeah. Cheap. Um, still learning it. Looks fun. I just uh, uh, I figured I, I need to play it. But yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Sorry about my tangent. Go ahead with the news. <laughs> well, that's the show, everyone. No Conan today. Goodbye. Um, yeah, so we're get, we'll get into news. Um, something I, I noticed uh, trying to look at finding news for board games is so weird. Yeah, you just have to go to boardgamegeek.com and then look at it. Go to boardgamegeek.com. Where are you going? Uh, I'm. I actually was just going to different board game news sites. I went to board game geek as geek geek. Yeah, board it's game the sister geek site well. to board game geek. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna buy it. Um, no, Fantasy Flight is coming out with Star Wars Outer Rim. Isn't that already out? Um, no, it comes out this summer. Fine, gall. Why it's news? It does not look exciting to me. You don't like? You don't think it looks good? Uh, I don't. It may just be me. Um, when it comes to Star Wars, I want my games to be a little like I like my Star Wars games heavy. Does that make sense? I mean, it looks heavy. I mean, physically, maybe. <laughs> I think the thing that uh, it looks really cool for anyone that doesn't know what it is, you play a bunch of uh, bounty hunters and scoundrels in the Star Wars Scum universe. and villainy. Trying to make your way to the top one most famous or infamous <laughs> bounty hunter. Never heard someone call it top one instead of number top one. Top one. <laughs> Top one, um, yeah, we're top one gaming podcast. <laughs> top one, one, a number first gaming <laughs> board game quality um, show. I think it looks really cool. I am not the thing that is probably going to stop me from purchasing it is the time frame is like three to five hours or two to three Whoa. hours. I must have misread this game. I thought this was like a light and breezy kind of thing. No, like it. Did you see it? It's like. Has like a little star chart, and you move your piece around the board, and you do missions, and I, it's two to three or two to five hours, and it's that's the thing that's gonna make me not buy it. Yeah, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play a Star Wars game that long, I'm gonna play Rebellion. Yeah, the big galaxy spanning war game. I'm not gonna play. I don't know. Maybe it's just so unless unless Outer Rim like gets like amazing reviews and is like this is the best game on the planet I'm not, I'm probably not going to get it but it looks really cool and if you're interested in Star Wars or Scoundrels mm -hmm. or Star Wars Scoundrels yep this is the game for you or if you're interested in rims yep if you're <laughs> interested in just specifically outer rims yeah the the fringe rims the farthest <laughs> ones then this is the game for you the top one rims um, news number two that I have is uh, Batman Gotham City Chronicles Season 2 is coming June 4th to Kickstarter. So if you missed the game the first time and you want other stuff and you want to wait a year for it, now is your chance. <laughs> oh, boy, I want this game, but I really want to wait a year. Yeah, that's I wish what I, I said just... when it first came. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is by Monolith, who we'll obviously talk about more later. They, uh, um, they, do, they are dedicated to never doing retail again. So if you want their games, you have to get them from Kickstarter. Or they've been discussing coming out with their own like web store, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure it'd be shipping from France, so it'd be crazy we'll, for us here in the States. We'll get into some of the reasons why they're, why they're only going to do Kickstarter exclusive from now on. Yeah. Because of Conan. Um, he went to their one... office and beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'll let you do the next one. That's the news you brought to the table. Lord of the Rings, it's something in Middle-earth. Journey, it says it in the notes. Something, something Gandalf has come out to theaters near you. And everyone um, knows that Journeys to Middle-earth is never late. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings: Journeys of Middle Earth. It's the newest uh, big giant box from Fantasy Flight Games, uh, who we love around these parts. But um, my concern is that it looks kind of bland, and most of the reviews say that it's good, but it's kind of bland. It's it's kind of uh, uh, a Descenti dungeon crawler with a dynamic uh, world map. So you're building this world map, and it's one it's one of those games where they want you to play with the app, and the app gives you different encounters and things. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, for ninety dollars American, I'm still kind of not sold on it. Is the app uh, like the the Overlord? Like you don't have a a DM person like they Correct. added to Descent later? Okay, cool. Correct. Like Descent and Imperial Assault had, although I believe in in I'm not positive. I've been looking. I believe in Journeys in Middle Earth. Uh, pardon me, Journeys in Middle Earth. You have to use the app. Oh. And that's what really turns me off. Because sometimes I'm in a mood. And I'm like, yeah, I'll fire up my iPad or whatever. But other times, I like it's my board game time is my like break from staring if, at screens. Like sitting right here, I'm staring at three different screens. So it's what just. If, <laughs> what if you add a power? What if it's the apocalypse time I mean, and you I, don't have iPads? Don't working. have to be plugged in to use them. So phones anymore. <laughs> someone brought up i was on a board game geek forum or maybe it was reddit something and someone goes is anyone else hopeful that the apocalypse will happen because then you'll be the most popular person because you have all these awesome games that don't require electricity and now i'm like yes now i also secretly hope that the apocalypse happens (laughs) yeah but now hopefully your games aren't destroyed in the apocalypse true um luckily everything's protected in plano boxes so are those are those atomic bomb proof i think they are they're made out of roaches i'll just line all my games in lead and it'll be roaches (laughs) roaches (laughs) (laughs) i think that's what uh, those movies got wrong is it shows them all like raiding uh, convenience stores and grocery stores they're really going to be raiding board game shops right because they're bored out of their flipping minds (laughs) (laughs) i can't even imagine how boring the apocalypse like you'll spend like nine hours just collecting like berries that sounds so boring be fun for like an hour into a farm management game in your head (laughs) there you go okay it's worker placement and i'm the worker and i've placed myself and i hope i don't die (laughs) (laughs) Um, before we get into Conan, I do want to do one other thing, just kind of, kind of. This is since this is the first episode, um, and talk about what our uh, favorite, what board games we're interested in in general, not like specific games, but the type of games that we're interested. Monopoly. In. Monopoly is number one on list. It this is top one game. This is our new show, list. Board Gameopoly, where we talk Bo- about board monopoly. Nothing. <laughs> monopoly. <laughs> Please don't um, turn the show off. We don't like Monopoly. No. Uh, <laughs> what is what is that noise? Was that a uh, I actually uh, like Monopoly noise? No, that was me trying to think of what I was going to talk about. <laughs> basically, Justin and I did to break out of that Monopoly talk for whatever reason. Uh, we're we're both pretty much into uh, Ameritrash. Miniature games is uh, the main thing that we tend to buy. Yeah. Um, Heavy, heavy thematic stuff. Um, I think we're both of the opinion that, because th- you know, this is the thing with with Ameritrash games is it boils down to, do you think theme can carry a game? And I personally feel like it can, if yeah. it's strong enough and it's flavorful enough and it's tied in the mechanics enough. I'll play a game that maybe has not the greatest gameplay, just on theme. And yeah. I think we're we're both in that same camp, and that's like what Batman Talisman. 
Like, or not that Kingdom one. Hearts Talisman. For the love of God. <laughs> but <laughs> Talisman's a great example. It's a game that doesn't have very good gameplay. Or Evil Dead Talisman. But we, we both enjoy the game just fine uh, because it's it's still very thematic, you know? Yeah. I mean, I still like resource management games, and I think that's why Conan and Batman, um, mm-hmm. why I like them so much is there is a bit of resource management with yeah. uh, the way that you use your moves. Use I mean, your moves. D- don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that like theme is the most important thing. I think it's just um, I'll put up with subpar gameplay for good theme and a good thematic feel. And it, uh, on the same note, uh, sometimes I look up games that look fun, but they look so bland that I pass on them just because I'm like, I, I can't stare right. at a brown on brown board for three and a half hours while I collect VPs, you know, it, it. <laughs> but I mean, I'll still break out like Caverna is one of my favorites. You know, I'll break out Caverna and, and play like a, a Euro style game from yeah. time to time. Uh, it just has to also have lots of little bits, which is why I like Caverna. So if for anyone that's listening, if you just hate Ameritrash and you hate um, miniature games, we will be talking about that a lot, though. I'm assuming we also will eventually be getting into some Euro games. As well. You got to sell it better. Oh, I'm so sorry. Anybody, We're going to talk about everything that you ever want to talk no, about. Anybody that doesn't like Mare Trash, you should listen and find out why you should give it more of a chance. Yeah, you're the, right. The, I'm <laughs> a dummy. You should keep listening no matter what. Just tear this show off, I guess. It's fine. Listening to the show. <laughs> um, but but that, that is but what we both gravitate towards. Um, and I think it's also a thing where it goes in phases for me. Like right now, I'm really into like miniatures, scenario based games. That's what I like right now. And then next month, it'll be something else. And the month after that, it'll be something else. But I do tend to come back to thematic, uh, miniatures based, scenario based games a lot. To be, fair, to be fair, I like you said, next month it's something else. And it's like, no, for the past three months, it's basically been Conan. It's been Conan for a while. <laughs> but before that, like, uh, there's still Root. I just recently got Root. I love Root. I want to play more Root. Please, for the love of God, someone come play Root with me. <laughs> I haven't played it with you yet. Um, it's so, so, so good. And that's, um, although again, Root is is a VP based war game, a asynchronous war game, but it's also extremely thematic. It is just oozing with flavor. Got birds. It's, and it's some foxes. Cool some ranch flavor all over it. Cool ranch. Rubbed it down. Slam it in your holes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Cool ranch. It's their new slogan. You know you didn't hear that? Is it a cool ranch slam it in your holes? <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of blown away Doritos hasn't used <laughs> Slam It In Your Holes. I should. Uh, you can have that for free, Doritos, if you pay us a nope. million dollars. That's not free. That's not what free oh. means. Oh, That's... I read something the other day that was uh, a, a new phone game that said, spend one ninety nine and get this character for free. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll, we'll get into the topic at hand. Uh, today we are talking about Conan by Monolith. Conan. Conan. Uh, Conan is a thematic, asynchronous, cooperative, scenario-based miniature board game. Well, it's cooperative-ish. I mean, you're playing against the Overlord. Well, I mean, if you have more people playing heroes, then it's cooperative. Yeah, they're cooperative with each other. But right, but yeah. you're not cooperating. I mean, you could cooperate with the Overlord That'd, if you want. It'd be a weird game, but you could. <laughs> Let's all just uh, not fight. Here's the princess we took. You have her back. Please leave us uh, alone. Thank you. Don't kill us. Yeah, if you just have a, the Overlord is just doesn't. He's non-confrontational. Is what it is. <laughs> um, uh, can you 
tell the listeners why we're talking about a three-year-old game? We're talking about a three-year-old <laughs> game because uh, Justin and I have recently fallen in love with it, and we're going to run away with this game and leave our wives. Yeah, we're going to elope with Conan. The board game, not the not the barbarian. I mean, we could do that, too. Yeah, right? I'd be okay with that also. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've just been... It's kind of been the game that we've obsessed over for a couple months, and it's yeah. honestly... As much as I love ba- Batman and Buttman and spent a lot of money on Batman, uh, Conan's the first game that we played it. And then afterwards, I just couldn't stop thinking about it, which apparently happens to you a lot. Oh, it happens to me a freaking you can't ton. commit to one game. You're always like, well, I played this new game, so the I, old game's trash. I Well, I derive a lot of pleasure out of thinking back and being like, what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? What was a bad decision? And what was just dice not rolling in my favor? I I, I really like um, pouring over my wins and losses. And not even really yeah. in a strategic way. Like, it's not this thing where I'm trying to, like, be it's hyper-efficient. Regret. Yeah, it's just interesting to me. <laughs> to What'd you say? It's just pure regret. It's just regret nonstop. I, uh, uh, I drink a bottle of whiskey. And I just am like, <laughs> why did I... Why did I use two more gems for movement when I could have stayed? I'm an idiot. I mean, and this also is not going to be a, a show about brand new board games that come out true every month. True, we um, go broke. mainly because I don't have that kind of money. You know, we both say that, but I think I buy at least a game a month. At well, least, you know, I'm not supposed to have that kind of money up for board <laughs> games. <laughs> You're not supposed to. I find it, but I'm not supposed to. <laughs> Um, but yeah, do awful game... things. <laughs> this game was released in 2016, so it is three years old. Yep, three um, years young. Oh. Mm. oh, and I do, I do. Um, I don't feel like it's dated at all. And in fact, um, and this is off preliminary plays of yeah, Batman. It is on the game. So yeah, I, I mean, technically, technically it's, it's in the legal sense, it's dated. Um. <laughs> I, I will say I prefer Conan to Batman for a few reasons that I, I guess we can get into. Well, thematically is one of them. And again, I just talked about how important theme is to me personally. Right. Um, but also in Conan, there's I feel like there's more tension because your dudes can die. And that yeah. adds a lot to the game for me. And not to spoil Batman, but Batman can't die ever. No matter what, except for that time he died. Yeah, well, we won't talk about that. Anyway. Um, But they can get knocked out, and that basically loses the... Can lose the game. Yeah. Um, So Conan was published by Monolith and distributed by Asmodee. Asmodee? Asmodee. 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 Asmodium. Asmodium. Unobtainium. (laughs) It was distributed by Unobtainium. (laughs) Um, So it has... The designers, Frederick Henry was the main designer. There, you put in here lots of guest designers. Yeah, for um, different scenarios. all the uh, additional scenarios Monolith released online. All the scenarios in the expansions are all uh, designed by different people. Um, there, some yeah, of there's them... like ten or fifteen other people, and I didn't want to list it all because I yeah. didn't want to sit here and be like uh, <laughs> George Pinkerton. Some uh, of them, George Carl, Pinkerton does the Carl best. Carl Urban. <laughs> Carl Urban does great scenarios. <laughs> Um, I got now. You just now you're just making me wish that Monolith did a Judge Dread scenario. I, I, yeah, that'd I be really, awesome. I'm gonna email him tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, artists uh, Adrian Smith. Uh, it, it's French, so George. Don't look George at S. me. I don't. I don't know. Lorenko and other artists as well. 
Uh, but those were the two main ones. Yeah. So this was a weird uh, kind of coming out for Monolith and, and kind of doing some research. I did discover there was a lot of um, early distrust for the company. Skepticism, yeah. And yeah. I, I do feel like in the long run, some of that was accurate. But there's also this the, in the board game space, in the hobby in general, new companies publishing their first board game on Kickstarter. People are mistrustful and rightfully so. Um, it's not it's not without reason. It's because a lot of times whenever people go straight to Kickstarter, it's basically them saying, hey, I, I'm trying to publish a board game. I can't get a company to publish this. So why don't you publish it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we didn't publish it. And I'm going to keep your money. So Bye. I'd say there's healthy skepticism. Right. Um, yeah. But there was there was quite a there. I didn't go too deep because I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole of uh, forums about <laughs> the skepticism yeah. and, and how how they didn't really trust them at first but it was our first board game so there's obviously as you said healthy amount of skepticism about it um as also their first board game it was um as we said earlier they did actually have a distributor yeah this was not was not kickstarter ex some of it was kickstarter exclusive but they did right. sell it at retail I mean, that's Kickstarter in general. There's always going to be something that is exclusive to Kickstarter that makes people want to actually spend money on it. Right. Um, but apparently there was, I, and I couldn't I couldn't find a lot of information about, I, I heard of this friction between Monolith and Asmodee. Um, and basically, Monolith didn't make any money. And most of the yeah. information comes from, like, the comment sections of the Kickstarter. Yeah. Most I, of their Kickstarters. I, I don't know exactly what happened either. Um it's there was some kind of uh, um i don't know about i don't know that it was a disagreement as much as it was just them not enjoying how the arrangement went down and i don't want to make it sound like either side did anything wrong or whatever um right. but i think maybe they just as a company uh, uh maybe underestimated how because making a board game and getting a board game to people is uh, it's a it's a feat, but it's, it's not, not nearly as big of a feat as retail availability of a board game. That takes, right? I mean, it's an, I mean, it's an insane amount of effort. Usually, if you look on Kickstarter, you will see uh, like a retailer's pledge. Yeah, and that's them getting around the distributor, right? Um, um, but yeah, there was some sort of um, uh, bad relationship between Monolith and Asmodee. Push comes to stuff, Monolith apparently didn't really make any money whatsoever off of the um off of the distributor or off of sales in store. Yeah. Which is the reason why they are just now a Kickstarter exclusive board game company. Yeah. Um speaking of the Kickstarter, the you had two main pledges. One was just the core box. I didn't actually look up to see how much it was. I think it was like eighty bucks, ninety uh, bucks. It was it was um Retail on Conan was like $140, I think. That was the King's Pledge. Was that King's Pledge? I thought regular MSRP the... on it was was that high. Okay, I think it was yeah. like $100 MSRP if you bought it in store. Yeah. Uh, the King's Pledge was $135. Um, and that got you core box, 51 stretch goals. <laughs> 51 stretch goals. This is, uh, and, I, and I, I, to, to reiterate, <laughs> the reason people get skeptical about companies on Kickstarter is like, Root is another great example. They just did their expansion. And you could get a couple cool extra things, but it was like two or three extra things. 
and they were largely cosmetic. You know, right. just cool things to have for the game. This is like, oh, 51 exclusive items and miniatures and characters that you can't get otherwise. I mean, like, it's the same. Like it was that. the same with like Batman and their other ones, but of course, that's also Kickstarter exclusive, not store sold in stores. So right, it's really just you're going to get these if you pledge the amount to get them. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying that they are intentionally preying on this feeling, but anytime you're talking exclusives and physical goods, people it pushes people in a way that makes them feel like they right. have to get this thing. Because what if they want it six months from now? Like, oh, you're not going to be able to get it, so better do it now. It's not fun. Not a fun feeling. Um, the the other exclusive King content was three more heroes, an ally, King Conan and his lion, mm-hmm. and a bunch of undead minions, skeletons, mummies, that right. kind of thing. Um, and then the, the thing that really blew me away about the Kickstarter was just how expensive everything was. Mm-hmm. So there were uh, several add-ons, uh, like 15 to 20 add-ons that were just either bad guys, new heroes, allies, uh, just minions in general. Um, and then, of course, you had the three expansions. You had to purchase those separately from any of the pledges. Yeah. Which and is all in all, rough. it was $440 worth of add-ons. And so that's that's not even accounting for the original. No, it's $579 for everything <laughs> King's Pledge and all add-ons. Yeah, that's, um, I don't, it, that's not, I, I don't agree with, that i don't think that that's a good way to run your kickstarter and i don't agree with the way monolith seems to be set on continuing to do things this way they i mean batman was handled a lot better in my opinion it was still expensive but it wasn't six hundred dollars expensive yeah um and he still got a i got 35 pounds worth of batman yeah i mean granted it's 579 dollars it's not like you're not getting 579 dollars worth of plastic and cardboard you are for but sure need them <laughs> but yeah it's it's just a tremendous it's it's almost so much that it's too much like right with conan we got the core game and we we're like oh there's a lot of stuff and then we got all three expansions and it was like there's still a lot of stuff but when i look at your batman it's so much that i don't even know where to begin looking <laughs> you know i'm like just put all that shit away because i can't even look at it right now i, mean, I, I haven't even know. brought out the I haven't even really opened up or looked at the expansions that, that Batman comes with. Yeah. I've basically done core set the whole time, which is enough really. Yeah. Um, for sure. And then I'm still going to go back in June and kill myself and get more. Yeah. Um, so Wait, you're going to get a second. more. You're, yeah. you're going to kickstart it again. I'm not going to kickstart the core, but I'm going to kickstart all the other stuff. There was stuff you didn't get. <clears throat> no, there's going to be new stuff that they're releasing. Oh for goodness. The of course. Yep, new expansions. All right. Got to feed the beast. Get them stuffs. Yeah. Um, so they did a kekken. Kekken? A kekken. Kickstarter. Jesus. That came with the book of set, which is, as you pointed out, very hard to find. Yeah, out. book of set is you're looking at like, and really book of set, I don't believe includes any exclusive scenarios. No, it's, uh, was it 20 scenarios that you can find online? And yeah. then uh, it's just a nice just hardcover a bunch book. Of pictures. Um, cheap as I could find it was um, around 100 bucks online, uh, which is a lot for content yeah. that is already on the internet. So the, the top tier, um, basically top tier for the Kickstarter was yeah. $655, mm. which came with the base game, all add ons, book of set, expansions. King's Pledge items, 
and this Kickstarter only was for it was a five day Kickstarter. That's ah, oh, that's weird. This whole there the whole it's weird. I mean, I have a problem with some Kickstarters where I, it's like thirty days, and then I'm just sitting there um, trying to decide if I want to to pledge it. I had a problem with uh, recently. I, I kickstarted the Viking portion of uh, God. I can't remember the game off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> you paid well, money for this thing. That's called out. You don't even know. Yeah, what game was that? I remember you talking about it. it was Shadows another... of Brimstone. Shadows Viking of Brimstone. Expansion, standalone expansion for Shadows of Brimstone. Um, and they did, because uh, I have a friend that does a lot of Kickstarter stuff. Yeah. Because he's super into board games. And he was talking to me and he was like, yeah, man, just put a dollar down and then at the end just up your pledge. Yeah. Now, some Kickstarters and block that now. They say, oh, you can't. That's what they did. Yeah. They did a really shitty thing, and they were like, uh, by the way, anybody that does a dollar pledge will not have access to the pledge manager at the end of the... That's stupid. It's just... Or they didn't... Sorry, they didn't block you. They said that you would have to pay retail at that point. That's dumb. If your company is so on the wire that 30 days from now you need to have already locked in all of this money, then you should have started your Kickstarter a month before that. I'm I'm just... I'm sorry. It's just scummy. It just feels scummy. And I was going to do the whole thing and just dropped it down to the base of what I wanted. I think I got like two two add-ons for like 15 bucks yeah. on top of it because that's all I wanted. <laughs> I like that you're trying it. to phrase it as if you like stuck it to him. You're like, I showed them. Yeah. I just still bought several of their products. I, I still spent $80. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about screwing them over. You only spent $80. <laughs> Suck it, Shadows of Brimstone. <laughs> um, so a base game. I feel like this is just. Super... You want me just fire through it real quick? Yeah, fire through. It you got quick. seventy-four plastic minis, one book of skellos, one hundred forty-eight tokens, two double-sided game boards, forty-five tiles, fifty-five cards, nine dice. Should have been eighteen dice. Nine is not enough. Four hero sheets, seventy-five plastic gems, twenty-five plastic bases, four game aids. Uh, one track sheet, one hero's rulebook, one overlord rulebook. That's a lot of game for around fifty bucks on Amazon right now. Yeah, if it's still, it should still be. I think I, it it bounces around. I saw it go up to like sixty five, and then it's back down to like fifty five. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a lot that you get. Um, eight scenarios is what comes with That's it. It's not a lot. It's not a lot of scenarios. And I do want to say this, uh, because it is a scenario based game. Um, you can't really play it without a scenario of some sort. And additionally, making your own scenarios is hard. Yeah, There's no real built-in way to balance it, which is why scenarios are, are they're designed. They bring in these scenario designers right? because it, it's hard to build a good balanced scenario. And you can find them online and, and the quality is... I'm, sh- I'm sure if we played it enough... Like if we played it, we'd be able to figure it out a couple nights uh, a week or something like that. Then yeah. yeah, we would be like, well, let's just put these guys here and it wouldn't be as balanced obviously right. as, as they were, but it would still be pretty balanced. But eight scenarios is, is not a ton. And the issue I ran into whenever I had just the core game was most of the scenarios I find online require either an expansion or worse Kickstarter exclusive content. Like the skeletons, I think, was the big one you were talking about. Yeah, it's either skeletons or mummies or whatever. There's, I have no undead. Um, yeah, and they even were part of the king's pledge. even the big box expansions that are available at retail use miniatures that were Kickstarter exclusive, and they have a note that says, "Well, if you don't have this mini, replace it with this other mini," which is fine. 
but still feels still scum. Yeah, it's, it feels like they're trying to sell me on this game that I literally I can't buy the thing that you're trying to sell me on. I mean, I to, to get into not to get in Batman too much, but they are too similar of a game. Batman is based off of Conan. Yeah, it's the same um, system. To to kind of get into it just a little bit, I do feel like they learned from the Conan Kickstarter for the Batman Kickstarter. I I should hope so. Um, there's a couple things that they still didn't quite get, but um, just like the sheets that tell you what their abilities are, there's no information on that except in the rule book, which kind of makes it difficult when it takes you out of the game when you have to sit there and be like, well, what does this do? Yeah. Um, you want me to fire through rules breakdown real quick before we get in too deep into impressions? Yeah. Cool. Two to five player game. It's 15 to 30 minutes set up. About an hour to play per scenario. Um, and it is, again, scenario-based gameplay. And the scenarios are generally objective and or time-based. Some of them have multiple types of timers and multiple objectives. Some of them do not. Uh, and there are two different roles. This is an asynchronous game. So you have the heroes and then the overlord. Um, and what I love about the game is that the Overlord uses what's called the Book of Skelos, which is this wonderful, wonderful... I'm not going to give extreme detail, but it's a way to track your enemy miniatures and manage them in the game, and it's absolutely the best Overlord role experience I've ever had. Yeah. And I, I genuinely think I like playing Overlord way more than I like playing Heroes by a wide margin. You hadn't really played Heroes until tonight. Um, not in Conan. I'd done Batman. I did Heroes tonight. Um, I just like over. I like Overlord roles in general, um, but I especially like this one. I like them both. Um, I think that both, uh, both Overlord and the Hero place, um, it, it works really well. Yeah, I mean the the engineering of the game is just yeah. It's a it's a point allowance system. So uh, you have a certain number of gems. Uh, every yeah, every action costs a certain number of gems. The more gems you dump into an action, the better uh, chances you're going to have at being successful or dealing more damage or being more effective. And each turn, you only recover a small number of those gems. And it's just a it's a constant tug of war of I want to spin these gems, but I yeah. want the gems. I want to kill this guy, but I don't have any more like energy. The game we have saved on Vassal right now that we were playing before the show, I my I just have no gems. None yeah. of my guys have any gems, and I'm like, man, I feel dumb for those early turns where my gems didn't do what I wanted. I think that's the because I played here a lot now because you usually play Overlord, uh, Overlord, yeah. Um, and that's what I learned from the first game is I just completely overexerted myself the first two turns, and then yeah. the rest of the game you're like limping along trying to figure out what you can do with the two gems that you have left unless you sit there and sleep or rest yeah and i'm I'm already i'm in a scenario in the game that we save that i don't know that i'm gonna pull out of we'll see what happens i mean you've um, taken out quite a few of my dudes so yeah but they were cheap dudes they were the hyenas <laughs> they were you know the the crappy villain not the gargantuan room snake. filling snake villain <laughs> so i mean really mechanically alone this game is one of the best games that i've ever actually played it's and that's why you talk about not really liking monolith and not kind of trusting monolith which i guess Correct. we can get into later um but really i think that there's still a they've only been around for three years they're a new right. board game company and they're still learning from mistakes that um, yeah. honestly they probably could have learned already from other companies but I don't want to dig into like every problem I have with Monolith. My issues with Monolith as a company 
run deep and are persistent. Every step they take, I have some issue with how they're Every doing it. They make. Every move they make watching is watching them. Um, I, 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 I will say yeah. they make a damn good game. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Conan is, is a fantastic scenario-based game. Um, I, it's, it's, it's great. Um, so I guess we'll get into it. We kind of talked about the Kickstarter, talked about everything, the breakdown of the rules and what comes in the box. Um, I mean, my first impression of it, we'll kind of get into the actual game itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I played, I haven't played it uh, earlier. I saw it at a friend's house, the the same friend that uh, is really into Kickstarters, Kickstarter originally. I don't know what he put into it, um, but $50,000. He put in $50,000. Got him just the core game. Way more, yeah. He only selected the core game, but then put $50,000 in and didn't do anything else with yeah. it. Um, but I saw it at his house. I've seen it set up. Um, it looked really cool. I am not a huge... I'm not as big of a Conan fan as you are. Correct. And I'm I'd never sure that anyone is. Um, so Such a shame. Really, this game is what made me watch the movies. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've known about Conan since I was a kid. And but I just, you know, half naked dude running around killing people wasn't really my thing. I guess. <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with your childhood. I guess I, I don't know. I, I immediately I, was drawn to that. Very sheltered. Well, yeah. you know, you're still still drawn to that. True. Um, it's true. But yeah. So other than that, purchased it with you, played it with you, and then fell in love with it and wanted more. Yeah, I'd, and I'd, uh, I'd I think the with... funny story was you and I had a board game weekend that we were just going to play board games all yeah. day long. Um, and I had Batman that was supposed to come in, but we didn't know for sure if it was. Right. And so I was jonesing for some Batman, so we bought Conan just in case. And then we yeah, it was. That game anyway. So I'd been aware of Conan for a while, and for whatever reason, just trolling around on Board Game Geek, I had come across the information that, hey, there are issues with the availability of this game that we'll talk more about later. And so I was like, well, I kind of want to jump on it now. So then I was talking to you about it and you were you were jonesing so hard for your new Batman game that you said, hey, I'll go have these on Conan with you because it's cheap. It's fifty dollars. Yeah, I think 50, we paid like twenty six dollars and change each. Yeah. Uh, and you were like, just so at the very least, I can have you kind the playing in the same um, yeah, universe same or yeah, mechanic mechanical universe as batman just to kind of satisfy your your lust for this new batman game and then they (laughs) both came in i i partly got it because i wanted to learn the rules for batman more than just watching youtube videos or reading the rules online and the games are are different enough to where that's not really yeah it doesn't work some things translate over and then a lot of other things don't some things translate over and then other things it teaches you the opposite and then you're doing then you have to like unlearn so it's kind of like weird. people in the space or yeah, it's kind of yeah, weird going back rules. and forth. I mean, once you've got them both down, it's fine, but you do have to learn them separately. It doesn't really work the way we thought it would. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, you wanted to go in on it and I was like, well, yeah, for sure. Because I've wanted it for a long time. I'm a big Conan fan. I like miniatures. I like dice. I like scenarios. This is great. Let's do it. And uh, we got it and played it. And it I was you're gonna good. Say I like Sumerians. I like Sumerians. Fantastic. <laughs> um, I mean, did you know, you said you knew about it beforehand, like what I'd was been, your experience? I'd been aware of it. I'd never played it. I honestly didn't really read much about it. I, I remember whenever I started reading about it initially, I was like, it's almost $100. I'm just not going to spend that on a board game. 
And then now I've delved deeper into that particular realm of insanity. So $100 (laughs) on a board game is normal to me. I've I've normalized tremendous amounts of money for cardboard. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I just just didn't ever jump on it just because it was big and expensive. And the other issue I had with it was it's a... It's a more than two player game, and I traditionally will not buy a game that cannot be fully enjoyed with two players because I I rarely play with more than two players. And then come to find out when we got the game that controlling multiple heroes is not only easy in this game, but me as someone who hates controlling multiple heroes, it's fun. It's really good. It's fun, and I would say I I think it would still be fun. We haven't really played with a third person or third person yet, but no. Um, the way that the, to kind of get into the, the, the mechanics of playing the heroes a little bit, you move them freely. So there's no turns, there's no nothing. Right. Anybody You're can like, I'm going to move and then you punch that guy and then I'll toss you this sword and then you and throw it at that guy. It's, yeah. Yeah. Full strategery. Right. But, it, and that's what playing by yourself with three heroes, the strategy, you know, you're gonna say strategy the strategy (laughs) is all in your head so you're you're, it's like playing three different pieces and so it all works together so i'm actually kind of interested to see when we get a third person if that clashes at all i mean other games like gloomhaven or descent or whatever i very much do not like playing multiple heroes and it hinders me in these games that are, are better with multiple heroes and conan because of that gym system that point allowance system is how the whole game runs you're yeah. just flinging gems back and forth. Every hero works the same, but feels different. If that makes sense, because um, they all have different abilities, different weapons. Right. But at the end of the magic. day, you're still just moving a gem and doing a thing. Yeah. Still and, punching a guy in the face. Yeah. Uh, you ask, you ask rarely you rarely have tons of items to like descent my problem is always items i get down to my guy and i'm like god i've got like 40 oh, different 80 items, items. I, I don't know what they all do a huge pile of cards uh and conan is very cards light it's very much more yeah, about like three the game and the strategy than it is about the cards think, we've only played three scenarios and i've only ever had the max of three cards per character yeah and then i mean you pick an item up and then you'll use it or you drop an item or you whatever and like two of the items you don't even ever use it's just like this is chain mail it adds defense yeah i do also enjoy in scenario based games um specifically that it's a scenario game not a campaign game yes um and that's kind of backwards in today's world where everyone wants everything to be a big interlocking campaign i've i've always had a problem with that because we have a hard enough time getting people together to play D&D, right let alone play a campaign board game yeah um have to together to do it's rough and so i like that i can flip through the scenarios and go i want to fight a big snake cool here's a scenario with a snake let's do it oh i want to i want to do a scenario on that board that has the tower extension that makes it super long okay cool open key tie let's grab it and you don't have to worry about i want to be on a boat i'm done we've got two boats (laughs) oh man (laughs) uh so uh, yeah yeah so i mean the game does have its problems yeah, I, I do. You did have problems listed way earlier, and I was like, "Wow, he just wants to fire right off with the with the the problems with the game." <laughs> I mean, I've, I've I didn't want to end on the problems, right? That's why I did that. That's a good point because we've already we've already kind of hailed its praises. We're gonna hail its praises a little bit more after the problems, but I did yeah. want to bring it up and just say that it's not a perfect game. 
Um, I mean, the first thing, like we kind of mentioned earlier, is there is a lack of scenarios. Which is silly to say, because I think Monolith, in defense of people saying there aren't enough scenarios, said, well, we've released 90-some-odd scenarios. We, King's yeah, but for. I don't have the King's Pledge. I couldn't find Nordheim for a long time. I didn't have Kitai for a while. I don't have the Crossbowmen. I don't have Yoga of Yogg or whatever. Like, it, Yeah, there's Indeed. a lot of scenarios. I, I looked it up, and with Conan and the Stygia and Kitai expansions, which are the two that you can still easily find, those three mm -hmm. boxes, it's like 12 extra scenarios that you can play. Which is still nice. I mean, right, each yeah. expansion only comes with four scenarios. I know. It, it's it's not a lot. Now, the scenarios are easily replayable, but if you're the kind of person that you're like, no, I need a new scenario every time, you're going to be want to look and you're going to want to look at something like Gloomhaven that's got 100 scenarios or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit disparaging to... To, to think that you need to have spent nearly $700 on a single board game in order to get a full experience out of it. Yeah. But at the same time, I get Monolith's dilemma. The people that did spend $700, they want to use that shit. So yeah, they have they to make scenarios to for them. But at the same time, I'm buying this at retail in all these extra scenarios you're going on about, well, I don't have Nordheim, and it's hard to find, you know. Uh, we have it now. Yeah, we got it now. <laughs> Crazy. And just scour Some, the internet every day. Somehow found it. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, and, and that's one of the things that I was saying about Monolith learning their lesson a little bit is, is the uh, the top tier for Batman was $350. Yeah, which, which is, is a lot, but not insane. It's a lot, for but an, it's cut in half. For an all-in Kickstarter pledge. And it still, still comes with a lot of board game with, like, I think there's like 20 scenarios to begin with. Before there's we like, mention uh, the next note, uh, I do want to just throw out that um, the rules are kind of fuzzy in this. Um and, and and so if you're an, a highly competitive person that needs extremely tight rules, I could see someone not having a great time. If you're like, no, I need extremely hard, fast, specific rules, I could see you. This is this is a game that encourages thematic and story-based play. It encourages right. you to sit around the table and go, well, it makes sense that I'd be able to blank. Like even earlier tonight. Yeah. I, I did a ranged attack through a hole that Conan broke in a wall. And the first question was, can you do that? And it was like, well, it makes sense. It's a giant hole in the wall. Because to explain that, there is a rule that says it, it, they're huts with like flaps. And yeah. you can't shoot through the flaps of the like the door of the hut. Right. But since Conan smashed a giant juggernauted through a wall, <laughs> yeah, that wall is open now. It made sense to us. But again, because we're not really highly competitive in this game when we play against each other, right. we're just here to have a good time and tell a cool story. We're not that worried about it. We're like, well, it makes sense, and I do have line of sight, so... Mm, yeah. Conan championships coming up. <laughs> <laughs> the world championships. <laughs> um, so I just did want to throw those out there. If you're... Um, a person that demands extremely tight rules systems with no gaps and you don't like interpreting rules, you're like, no, I have to know how the designer wanted it. I have to have it written down. Uh, it has to be in an FAQ online. Then I could, I, the, I could see, and they have clarified a ton of stuff online, but I can still see someone kind of not having a great time with that. Email. With email. Email the developers. <laughs> do you want ask to, them questions? Do you want to touch on the the controversy? Yeah. So there is a bit of controversy with this game. Um, and it it should be said that that shut up and sit down reviewed this. They're the biggest board game review anything on planet Earth. It's hard not to mention them, and they did take umbrage with this. So there was a there was an article the main thing that kind of brought this up was an article from a advertiser that worked for osmodee 
um, who talked about released an article about the sexism in the game. Yeah. Which is mainly the fact that there are just pictures of half naked women. Yeah. And all over it's, the it's not cover. Even, yeah. It's not even the sexiness. A lot of it people took issue with the the poses and and maybe some of the implied power dynamics in some of those those yeah, scenes. Yeah, I guess the the main thing that that was mainly brought up was that it was a uh, male power fantasy rape fantasy. I think is what she yeah, said. Yeah, she went a little off the deep end. I don't yeah. I don't agree with really any of her any of her points. Um, I will say Conan is a male power fantasy. It has right. I, I mean, it's it's Conan the Barbarian. It kind of has always been. A, a specifically I, white male power fantasy. I think some of the controversy came from the fact that the, it also, the original Conan stories did have a bit of racism, which Monolith kind of erased for the board game. Yeah. Um, um, it, it, so why couldn't they have erased the sexism? But I think at the same time, the female characters are strong themselves. Obviously, no one's as strong as Conan. Right. Because none of the other male characters are as strong as Conan. <laughs> no one's even. There's only a couple yeah. of enemies that are even as large as Conan. Yeah, um, but I, I I don't really feel that way in the core game. I haven't really taken a look at the expansions. Yeah, I showed my wife it to get like a non-white male idea of, of right. what was going on, and her opinion of the pictures that I showed her from the board game was basically like, I, I mean, she's like, I feel like Conan would looks like he's about to murder the woman more than anything, anything else. sexual. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like uh, um, to answer the question, does an, a non-zero amount of sexism and racism exist in Conan if you're looking for it? I think the answer is uh, yes, a non-zero yeah. amount exists. For me, it's not enough and it's not blatant enough to upset me or bother me. Uh, and I'm okay I, I can come to terms with those inherent flaws. That said, the Nordheim expansion explicitly <laughs> really, because the, the character people um, had issues with in the core game was Belit. Yeah. And Belit is a largely nude uh, pirate queen. And in the stories, she's a character that uses her sexism as a tool, as a weapon, and she's in control her of sexuality. She, she, yeah, her, her pardon Not me. <laughs> she uses her sexism. Um, she uses her sexuality as, as a tool and she has her own agency and, and that's important right. in the board game you don't really get that because it's a board game you know so I, I understand that that uh, I think the the thing that I disagree with mainly in her article was that the purpose of the game was to be a male power fantasy that we're sitting around a table like yeah and then I get to have sex with her yeah well I, mean, I feel like her article was bananas uh yeah. to get to more realistic criticism I did a lot of reading I think shut up and sit down hit the nail on the head where they said again it's a non-zero amount of this if that bothers you it'll bother you if yeah. you can come to terms with it then you you'll probably there be able are, to come to terms with movies it. in the game um Nordheim's a little worse game. like it's got a, a female yeah. miniature who literally she's wearing a not she's not really it's wearing clothes. Cloth. She's wearing a scarf, and her entire ass is exposed. And then in the manual, they have an in the middle of the manual is just a whole two-page spread picture of this largely naked woman. And I was Plastic like, art. and I was like, I understand that it's Robert E. Howard, it's Conan. You're gonna have naked women, naked people. It's gonna happen. It's in yeah, the so stories. It's in Batman too. <laughs> but yeah, whenever Batman's naked all the time. <laughs> You know, he forgets to put his little underoos on over his tights and his junk's hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> flapping just in flapping. the breeze. <laughs> you know, he shoots his grappling hook and it's like... <laughs> 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 um, 
we all needed the sound effect. Nordheim, in the core box, it feels like it exists, but they're not reveling in it. In Nordheim, right. it's like, okay, you're just kind of reveling in it now. It's still enough that I can ignore it, but it makes me a little more uncomfortable. Um, well, let's get out of that. Was there something you were also talking about as far as the mechanic? I think you said you wanted to bring up. Um, I don't know. I think I probably put it in my impressions. So we can, we can, I think it's one of my first ones here. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I want to say first off this, as we said before, this is probably the most fun playing a board game that I've had in a very long time. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think there's ever a moment where I'm like, you know, what do, what do we do next? Uh, yeah, it's, it, it has great once, momentum. Once you play it, the you know, once you learn the rules, and it usually only it only took us maybe one and a half games to figure out everything. And that was largely because uh, one, the rule books aren't great. And, Justin cheated the whole time. And two, I I didn't actually read them. If I'm being honest, I just watched a couple of videos online and went, "Good enough, move crystals. That's it." And then just you got the crystals, you move them into the space, and then you got uh, boobies everywhere. Uh, got it. And the esoteric order of gamers came out with a universal head rules reference sheet um, that on Board Game Geek it it breaks the whole game down into one double sided sheet, which is phenomenal. If you're playing Conan, get that for the love of God. It's it's <laughs> vitally yeah, essential. The sheet that you gave me right. Yeah. Um, I think somebody made a Batman one. I need to print them all out. Oh, yeah. If it's those guys, it's amazing. If it's not, it might still be amazing. But there's it our... It came from our... Board, game, board Game Geek, and it's like yeah. per hero. It's like a card for yeah. each hero, and it has... So that way you don't have to go shuffle and look through a, a couple pages. Um, my, what I love about it is is it is a very uh, um, well-done system. The and, and when we say system, I know I was just talking about how the rules are kind of fuzzy and then we're talking about how good the system is specifically the point allowance system of the gyms um you also have a uh, versatility in your actions uh, being able to again like we were talking about jump over something and then toss a potion it, it gives the game a really dynamic lifelike feel instead of this i move in and then i hit the guy and then i move in and then i hit the guy it it, it feels dynamic and it feels more like real life scenarios or Real life fantasy scenarios, I guess I should say. I mean, I th that's one thing to add on that that I do like about it. The fact that it's not turn-based in the sense. I mean, it's turn-based in that it's hero's turn. and Good then, guys and then bad guys, yeah. You know, overlord turn. But hero's turn, like I can use a movement point, run into a room, stab a guy, and then run, run out of that room. Right. And, and this lends toward story crafting, which I always like in games. And it's a thing that I think we both enjoy where in the middle of a game of Conan, we'll stop and we'll recap an action. Like last night, um, it was, okay, so Conan just killed this guy on the stairs and then valiantly leaped over the banister on the edge of the stairs and Took then tripped and <laughs> fell and smashed his head on the ground. Yeah. You know? Or, oh, Conan just burst into a tent in in a in a blood blood lust blood fueled rage murdered four guys and then took a nap for two turns in this tent because he was so tuckered out like Our Conan standing on the the ship <laughs> and people come down from below deck and they just get murdered immediately yeah. so if you're the kind of person that when you play your games you like the 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 story crafting of it the the looking at it and and just laughing uh, then I I think this system lends itself really well to to uh, that kind of thing. And I think it's something both you and I seek out in board games is yeah. uh, uh, even uh, to go back again, 
to Talisman, which is a, yeah. a widely hated game. We'll play Talisman. <laughs> to bring that up. We'll play Talisman and we'll laugh uh, because the the stories are so silly. I mean, I I think the most uh, notable story that I always remember from Talisman is uh, I think you were playing the ogre or you were playing the knight. The troll. Uh, the troll. No, no, and no. I, I was um I think I was the the knight or the fighter, some valiant armored man. You were like a valiant armored man and I was a go a ghoul. A literal graveyard ghoul. <laughs> and I'm like basically just following you following you around the map, just holding like eighty items or as much as I can carry. You had maxed out items. You had her. you had like princesses following you around. <laughs> you <laughs> like lost I, like I was just like your your servant holding your <laughs> stuff because I followed this knight around the board. So if you're the kind of person that that likes that, that likes that story crafting, then this is um this is one of the best games that I own in my collection that gives me that. That it's these silly series of actions that that create that craft a story. You know, oh Conan just burst through a wall, killed four guys, tripped down the stairs, bashed his head, and then took a nap. Like that's funny. <laughs> I enjoy that, and I enjoy watching it happen. And it's much more interesting than I move in and then I attack, and then you move in and then you attack, and then he moves in and then he attacks. And I would say, uh, based on an earlier note, if you are the kind of person that is super rules heavy and you need that information, I, I think that would take away from the story aspect of you. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, a, a lot of Conan that we've had is completely draining yourself, making mistakes. Like Right. Well, playing the not... game like Conan the Barbarian might, where you yeah. run in there and you murdelate the guys. Well, you know, Conan would just, like, axe the table and then just start shaking you. Right. Like, why are you the bad as, guy? As he does. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the jewels. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, as you put in here, playing the scenarios, the same results never. It never happens. We we just played. Uh, we played a scenario a couple weeks ago, and then we played the same scenario tonight. tonight. Only switch sides. And I actually I stole your entire strategy, and it and has then, been disastrous for me. Yeah, because I know the strategy because I did it last time. And so I'm just completely... Uh... I'm getting pretty pretty well stomped. Um, you, did get, you did get all my hyenas. So I did you get your hyenas and I got a Zogar Sog's head, which is uh, one of my objectives. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it, it is... The scenarios are different enough, and uh, you can play with different heroes and different loadouts. Like it's easy enough to tweak the scenarios to make them interesting, you know. Yeah. Uh, um. So I definitely think that while there's not a ton of them, they have replayability. Um. Not certainly not infinite replayability. There will come a day that we say, "All right, we've played enough of these scenarios, and we move on." Yeah. And um. We, we draw our own maps. Right. Conan in New York. <laughs> I could just break out my Ninja Turtles maps. We could build some. Uh, what God? What was that barbarian movie where the dude like came to the future and he was in New York? Was that Masters of the Universe? I, uh, you said that, and all I can think of is Jungle of the Jungle with Tim <laughs> Allen. And... That has no time travel at all. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's kind of a barbarian. He's like no, it, a, what? He's oh, a jungle man. That yeah, that's. God. <laughs> Is that what you're thinking of? No, I'm not thinking of Jungle to Jungle with Tim Allen, nor has anyone thought of Jungle to Jungle with Tim Allen in years. <laughs> this is the first time someone's thought of that this movie. The time I've thought of it in like four months. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just need to go back and watch that terrible movie. But yeah, it, it, it does have replayability. 
Um, as you said, base game holds up by itself. You can just buy the base game and have fun with it and play it. And, and right. as long as it's um, it, it's cheap enough to where even if you played it once or twice a year, uh, yeah, it's still worth it. For retail, eight scenarios in a $100 box, no thank you. For 50 bucks, eight scenarios that you can probably get two to four good replays out of, um, very worth it in my opinion. Absolutely yeah, worth it. I would say I'm always down to play some Conan. Yeah. Plus the few, the, I mean, uh, the few scenarios online that do include just the core box, they do exist. Um, so there, uh, there's enough replay playability here. Not as much as I would. There's not as much content as I would like to see for just the retail stuff. Three yeah. years in, um, and I especially don't love how defensive Monolith is about their support for the game, but. At the same time, for fifty bucks, it's a lot of game for fifty bucks. Yeah, for a hundred dollars three years ago, and only the only content is in the box. Yeah, I don't know about that, but the the value of the game has increased over time. I, I mean, to say. be fair, Conan has still supported the game, and in, in yes, Conan does support the game. Yeah, I'm sorry, Monolith <laughs> <laughs> still supported the game, even if they're releasing scenarios where you needed a King's Pledge for it. Right, support um, is support. You know, they're still releasing three years out information about the game. Right. Um, in new scenarios. Yeah. Um, beyond that. Yeah. It, it, my big thing is, is, is I love push your luck systems in games, uh, games where you keep dumping points in and hoping you get lucky. Okay. I want to try again. Taking okay. Dumps right that, on this game. <laughs> and it's, it's almost like this pseudo gambling thing where with these crystals, you go, all right, I'm going to attack this guy. No, I rolled terrible. I'll spend another crystal to re-roll. Yeah. I still didn't do enough. I'll spend another crystal to attack him again. And Weird. it's this this where where sometimes you'll you'll have a blowout turn with Conan where just nothing hits and you're out of gems and now there's dudes everywhere. And then sometimes you'll have a turn where you throw all your gems into his attack and you just whirlwind and murder everything in the immediate yeah. vicinity. It's a uh, very very satisfying when you make those hits and then you know, you have this oh oh shit moment yeah. whenever you you run out of crystals and you're <laughs> like I don't know. I guess next turn I get two crystals so I could maybe yeah. do one attack and then Overlord sitting there like wringing his hands. Yeah, but you can also do play reserve. You can go on and go. Okay, I'm gonna do one attack. Okay, miss, but that's okay. I've got uh, uh, gems back to guard with. You you can play it. it. It's versatile in that way. You know. Yeah. Um, and I like that a lot. I mean, I like the. I would say, like I said, getting getting used to it with the heroes. Obviously, like the Overlord recoups a lot of crystals, right? Uh, uh, and it, it's scenario based. Yeah. Um, and the idea is that as the Overlord uses loses full units, um, it makes other things cost more, and you have to lose permanently lose crystals to remove those dead units out of your your tableau that you have. Um, it's just again not the tightest system, but the engine underneath it. Uh, all the some of the rules may be fuzzy, but the engine underneath it, the crystal system, is is rock solid. Yes, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, verily. Ah, uh, God. Um, so I, I wanted to take a minute here, also, to I guess while we're we're wrapping up here, um, the the future of Conan monolith has lost the rights to distribute it or to create more content as of right now i did get more detail on this and it was just posted the other day by the designer whose name i forget or not the okay. designer the, 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 the new game for conan 
Okay. Uh, for the do, it's not. It wasn't the designer. It's whoever is handling their PR or whatever. He okay. said we haven't because there's another company. I, I I forget who it was, um, but they're releasing a Conan board game product, and yeah. uh, Monolith on Board Game Geek said, "Hey, we have the rights to Conan." We just have it at the same time as this other company, and we're on good terms with each other, and everyone's cool that both of our different uh, um, worlds exist, but the rights do dictate that we cannot run a Kickstarter at the same time as their Kickstarter. Okay. So, so they still actually have the right. Right. They have the right. And that was my concern is the the speculation and what they were talking about was that they had lost the rights, but they were going to get them back and do another Kickstarter. And my answer was, I don't trust you because you can't guarantee me that you're going to get the rights back. So now they're guaranteeing we still have the rights. We just can't do it right now. Now their story has changed, which with Monolith has happened several times where they're saying, hey, well, we still have the rights. We just can't run a Kickstarter at the same time. Um, so take that for what you will. Uh, it could be corporate doublespeak. It could be them just just being honest. I don't really have any inside information, but the, it I mean, seems likely that they're heavily planning on a Kickstarter in 2020 for Conan again. I mean, maybe we can do this uh, in a different time or a shorter uh, shorter episode, but I I have no problem with Monolith as a company. I have few problems with Monolith as a company See. compared to you. I still do. There are a couple problems where I think that um, I think they're doing to me, it feels like a bunch of dudes that started a company that don't really know how to produce a board game, but know right. how to create a nice works really well, fun board game. Right. And again, I don't not business smart. On I don't, <laughs> I don't want people to feel like I've just been shitting on Monolith, which I have. Um, but I, I, I'm not saying that everything they do, I'm like, well, that's wrong and you're doing it wrong. A lot of it is things that they do. And I go, I don't like the way you did that. Other people may be okay with it, but I don't like that. I don't like that. You're doing it this way. I don't like that. You're phrasing it this way. I don't like, uh, some of the communication you're having. Uh, Cause we didn't even talk about their third yeah. Kickstarter, uh, for Conan related content. Did they, they have a third? They I mean, had a, they had another one that was just for, print versions it wasn't book of set it was a different it was called the the compendium and okay. it was a a like magazine of more scenarios and there were a couple exclusive ones it's that thing that you're getting in your batman kickstarter oh that's non-kickstarter related right but they did a kickstarter for it for a print version of it and they were saying it's free but you pay a dollar and then we ship it to you but then the whole shipping thing was jacked up it's 3.99 well, it was, this is the Kickstarter, and they okay. just ran it for like a couple of days. They, they they just keep doing these little things. I think it's it was called the Overlord Magazine, and now it's called something else. Um, no, now it is called the Overlord Magazine oh, okay. because now it applies to all of their games, and it has stuff. Because they also have another game, Claustrophobia sixteen forty three. I think it's called it's a Mythic Battles Pantheon. Yes, Mythic Battles Pantheon. Which, which didn't phase. that predate Conan? No, Conan it did not. was first. Okay. Um, I, w I looked at mythic battles because I was like, Oh my God, like hundred plus minis and they're all Greek gods. <laughs> and that looks super cool. Yeah. And then in the back of my head, I was like, dude, you don't need that many minis. And then no. Batman came out and I was like, now you need that many minis because <laughs> it's all Batman. Um, I just don't, um, monolith has their own way of doing things and it is not a way that I like, I'm not saying they're wrong or they're doing it wrong or they're scummy or they're not trustworthy or anything like that. 
Um, I just don't like their particular business model and way of doing business. But damn it, if I don't love Conan, that's a great game. <laughs> so I mean, take it, take it all kind of with a grain of salt. They're they're they did say that they were planning on doing a Kickstarter in 2020 if they were able to. I guess with this information, they're not requiring the rights. They still have them. They just can't do it right yeah. now. Which again doesn't explain why they said before that they lost the rights. I don't. I don't know. I just yeah. don't. We we just. This is the problem with Monolith. You just never really know. They just kind of say so, things and then yeah. Take that as you will. There may be potentially another Kickstarter where you can spend seven hundred dollars to buy <laughs> everything. Um, or my concern if you now. Wanted to... My concern now is that if they do another Kickstarter, I already have the core game and the big box expansions. Will they have a pledge just for people that are like, look, I just want the exclusives because I already bought the rest of the stuff at retail. They did that. I believe they did that with Claustrophobia, and yeah. because there's been two Kickstarters for both Claustrophobia and Mythic Battles Pantheon. Yeah. So. so that's what I would be after. Is I I would like the larger box and the exclusives. Beyond that, I've got the rest of it. Yeah, because they did release a huge box where you can put all your stuff Right, the in. King Pledge came in a big box. I don't think it fit. It didn't fit other big box expansions, but it fit all of the King Pledge items, yeah. Um, so if you want to wait till 2020 just to see, you can do that. You may miss out on it currently. Um, it is still, at least the Core Box is still available. Core Box is on Amazon. Kitai and Stidia, and this is Amazon US for, for international people. Um Core box is on Amazon for floating between. I've seen it down to like forty-five and up to sixty-five dollars. It's um, not at the hundred rate, which is where yeah, the, it's well worth Amazon it in that range. Uh, Kitai and Stygia both float around the mid to high forty-dollar range, which is cheaper than MSRP. Um, and then Nordheim, uh, Stygia and Kitai perpetually are in low stock, but more on the way on Amazon. Yeah. And then Nordheim just crops up randomly. You got lucky. Yeah, it's about 100 150 bucks if you find it on eBay. Uh, on Amazon, we it popped up for, I think, a 5 or $6 over MSRP, and we grabbed it. There was only like seven of them. They sold out. That does imply to me that some warehouse somewhere has copies of the Nordheim expansion that they're putting out there. But sporadically, and I don't, and even that guy at uh, Y2K Comics, when I talked to him, he was like, yeah, that it's still showing that it's a thing in the system. They're not done selling it, but they don't have any. So I don't know where. It's like Nintendo style releasing. <laughs> yeah, like Amiibo. I, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know when it's going to be in stock. And unfortunately, uh, uh, Nordheim is one of the, while I did take uh, issue with some of the uh, female depictions in it, it is one of the coolest looking of the three yeah, expansions. It's all Viking stuff. It's Vikings and you get love Vikings. two huge frost giant dudes. It's Sweet. just really awesome next time i come in town and a fully exposed female butt (laughs) i can't wait to see that either (laughs) um i guess uh you you put in here it's worth noting that it's it's more readily available than the batman gotham city chronicles uh kickstarter right i mean uh uh, content uh, which i don't want to sound like a commercial but it is coming back june 4th kickstarter like uh uh i I don't want to make it uh you you can get conan if you want to go buy batman you can't you can't buy batman you You can you you go online and you pay 700 (laughs) dollars, which is what some people are for some reason trying to charge on ebay even though they've already announced a second kickstarter yeah and I, i will say this um if if we have sold the game to anyone and they're like, oh my god, I need to buy it, um, the Kickstarter exclusives, from what I've done in my research and what I've looked at, everything except the big box and the three core expansions is very non-essential. And even if you can only get the core box, it's still a 
great value for money, yeah. great amount of game for money. And even if you can't get Nordheim, you just get Stygia and Kitai. They're still great expansions. It's got great miniatures. They both come with full double-sided boards. Kitai actually comes with a board that has a multi-level tower, so it's got a board expansion. It's just really cool. Um, uh, all told if you can if you because some people are such completionists they don't want to jump in unless they can get all of it i don't think you need all of it and i, I don't think just you would get all of it yeah, yeah you went on ebay and, and spent seven there are out, still six out. and seven hundred dollar pledges on ebay that are selling yeah. for not much more than the people spent on them but it's again do you want to spend that much money on right one board game 700 plus dollars on conan right the board game one of the most fun board games that we've ever played for sure i like um, you just keep lumping me in there i you agree so. i i don't know conan is really good i like conan right. a lot i'd say top it's, it's one of most fun board games you've ever played it's one of my top games in my collection i'll say that I'm still I, I I'm I'm a I'm a long burn kind of guy. I like to play it over a long. If I'm still going on about Conan in six months, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's going to be I, way I up there. I think it will be because you've been going on about it for the past three months. It's been a while, so. but I'm gonna wait till I get there. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> I would say it's worth it. Um, if you just for the core box in general, oh, if, yeah. if you have. Just fifty bucks, bucks for that many cool Conan minis yeah. is it's it's worth it for the minis that are highly got detailed. The shelf space. Yeah, it is a long box. Yeah, <laughs> very long box. Um, I think you you already went over yours, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, no, I think it's definitely worth it if you if you love if you love scenario based thematic games or specifically love Conan. I've uh, this game you really do feel like Conan to the point that. I would say even if you don't love Conan, because I'm not a, I was yeah, as a not, not really. huge Conan phone, phone, phone? you're not, not a phone. huge Conan fan. Uh, this game has actually made me more of a Conan fan and made me actually look at more non Conan board game. Yeah. Mythos, I guess. Um, beyond that, as long as you have a, uh, uh, you're willing and able to kind of fudge and interpret rules and you don't mind a sort of longish setup time, uh, even uh, like my copy of Conan, which is relatively well organized, it still takes a few minutes to get it all set up, get all the minis out. But that's kind of true of any scenario-based game. That's Any minis, yeah. If you like scenario-based thematic games, this is one of the best ones that I've played that I own. Um, if you're not sold on that, that, that style of game, I would say check out the point allowance system, the gym system, and you might like it anyway. Yeah. Because they, that alone is enough to, even if it wasn't scenario based or whatever, I just like that mechanic a lot. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. It's definitely, it makes it, I would say it's easier to kind of decide what you're going to do when you know how much you have to spend on it. Right. That is a true, that is a true, true a true statement. That's a true first number one. Well, um, I do definitely hope that you enjoyed listening to this nearly two-hour-long show about uh, Conan the board game. Code ahead. Um, this is going to be, a at the moment, a monthly show. Mm -hmm. um, so it will not be coming out weekly. We may release some like smaller episodes that are just maybe a short review of something small that we're, that we're playing, but we don't necessarily want to do an hour-long show or, or talk about it that long. Um, but definitely hope you enjoyed it. And uh, got a sign off that we're gonna try. Wait, go listen to our other podcasts. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> go listen to uh, Justin's podcast. 
he has a podcast called Retro Warriors. Yes, you may know me from there. But then you and I do a podcast that is, uh, yeah. uh, because we run a Patreon for Retro Warriors. You and I do a show called Talking Wizards. It is Patreon exclusive. Um, so so you have to do a $700 King's Pledge if you want to get access to that. And then yeah. we'll send you a, a tiny plastic lion. No, it's yeah. um, for a dollar. put it behind a, a paywall just yeah. because... He doesn't like. People. I learned it from Monolith, and I decided. <laughs> no, uh, go listen to Retro Warriors egg. if you like Andrew and I. Then you can hear more of us on our Patreon exclusive show. It's, uh, it's Retro Warriors stuff. is a classic video games show. Yeah, um, they do do kind of like this is uh, roughly structured around that. So they do pick out video Ish, games, yeah. specific games or topics, um, and then do a show around it. I so think- if you are interested. In classic video games, check that out. I think by the time this is out, our t- almost three-hour Final Fantasy VII story episode will be out. Um, so if you're interested in that, the base show is free. You don't have to pay to listen to that. No, it's on your iTunes. It is on your iTunes or your podcast aggregator of choice. Um, but uh, thank you very much for listening. And as always, remember what is best in life. Is it board games? It's board games. It's board games. Oh, I got it right. Board games. (laughs) Good night, everyone.